As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to Dose of Leadership. Thanks for tuning into this Equity Bank series here, a special series where we focus on entrepreneurship and leadership, talking to business owners and leaders. And today's guest, Michelle Becker, is the founder of Profit Builders, Inc. She founded it in 1994, coming on their 25th year. She's become an industry leader in the outsource accounting specialty, specializing in full platform of accounting services, supporting small to mid-sized businesses across 40 states. She specializes in restaurant, healthcare, construction, agricultural businesses, and working closely with those business owners allows them to focus on their operations while giving them the ability to, to be the eyes and ears on the clients that she supports. And I enjoy talking with Michelle because just like you've heard me say, if you listen to the show, that leadership is for everyone. A lot of times we don't see ourselves as leaders. I know I ask that question in all my keynotes and group training sessions, and it's funny because I get less than 10% of the people that raise their hands. We just don't see ourselves as leaders, but the reality is all of us are going to be called to leadership, whether we like it or not. Every single one of us, and every single one of us today has at least one person, and I guarantee you it's more than one, but you can think of at least one person that's looking to you for influence and guidance right now. Think about that. Regardless of position, regardless of title, someone's looking to you for influence and guidance. So therefore, it's in your interest to be intentional about leadership. And Michelle Becker is one of those people. You know, she sought out profit builders. It wasn't a lifelong dream to be a business owner. It kind of happened through necessity. She's working in the corporate arena, working for Pizza Hut Inc. And you had some kids wanted to spend some more time with the family. So I can do some of this. I work out of my house. And that's what she did. A little cash, a little extra income. And then the divorce happened. And out of necessity, she had to build a business. And so she was called to leadership, whether she wanted to or not. And that's why I think it's important. Remember, all of us are going to be called to leadership at some point in our lives. We're there right now. And that's why I enjoy talking with Michelle, because she's one of those individuals you've heard me talk about where she has this intensity of will coupled with this humble, teachable spirit. And that combination, I'm telling you, folks, is a powerful combination. And Michelle has it in droves. And I really think you're going to enjoy her perspectives on life and leadership. This show is brought to you, like I said, by Equity Bank. Equity Bank is now listed on the NASDAQ Exchange, a local bank here in the Wichita area that has locations all across Kansas, as well as Oklahoma, Missouri, and Arkansas. And they're clearly, this team at Equity Bank, and this is why I'm so proud to have them as a sponsor, 
is they know how to lead for growth. They understand what it means to be a small business leader. They understand leadership and entrepreneurship. It's been exciting to watch them grow into one of the fastest growing banks in the Midwest. And if you feel like your current bank is more of a follower than a leader, then you're going to want to check out and work with these guys at Equity Bank. They really understand your needs. Check them out at equitybank.com. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Now sit back and relax and enjoy this fascinating conversation with Michelle Becker from Profit Builders, Inc. Well, Michelle, I'm glad to have you back again. We're trying this a second time here on Dose of Leadership. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my recording error stopped us from capturing our first quality conversation, so we're here doing a second time. The second time's a charm, hopefully. Absolutely. We yeah, get better, so, right? Well, that's right. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Well, so you are a, a Kansas native, is that right? You, I where am. Where were you born? Grew up a little farming community west of Wichita, um, one of nine kids. And uh, grew up on a dairy farm, so the uh, value of work was taught at an early age. So that was a lot of fun growing up. And a lot of us in ages very close together, the first seven were in nine years. So oh, man. it was a busy life. But uh, Is that dairy farming is, I mean, I don't know, all farming seems hard to me, and I've had relatives who farm it, but it seems like dairy farming is like the hardest of all of them. That and pig farming, I don't know. What, what it would be a commitment. I would <laughs> commitment. call it a commitment. <laughs> right. it's, uh, it's You never have a day off. And never day off. I don't know of any another job that there's just no days off. None. So. Twice a day, and you have to, right? you got to yeah. milk them. That's oh, right. Man. But it was good. It was a good way to grow up and get out of there. <laughs> Were you ready to get out? Are you ready to head to the big you know, city of Wichita and start your career? What was the dream then? At that time, you know, um, going to college wasn't a, a norm in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really the first to have kind of a dream or a goal of getting, a, you know, an education at a bachelor's, you know, level. I played basketball through college, so that was kind of another thing I enjoyed. Um, sports back in the day was was just new to to female. Right. So, I mean, it's developed so much more since then. But So I, I got to go to college, play ball, and get a little bit paid for, which was fun. Yeah. And uh, get get out of that five to eight life. I went to, from five to eight to eight to five. So <laughs> right. it's a little bit easier. Yeah. So the dream was, so you wanted to get the degree, but you didn't have any specific idea what you wanted to do. I mean, if I asked you 30, 40 years ago, hey, what do you want to be? You, you probably would say you didn't think you'd be doing this. You didn't think you would oh, be running a business, right? Absolutely not. I think initially I thought I'd teach and coach and um, that took a different turn in junior college. And thought, oh, I like bookkeeping in high school. I'll try the accounting world, and it it just fit. You know, numbers were easy for me, and I like the the balance of things right. and, and figuring things out and kind of getting down to the penny. So yeah, um, some people don't like to balance their checkbook. I I always found it kind of invigorating, exciting, kind of rewarding. <laughs> rewarding I, would, I guess right. yeah. so. Um, so it was I, pretty easy to to fall into this. Right. I like doing it as long as there's a balance there to, exactly, to balance, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, red's my favorite color until it comes to the, you know, <laughs> right, the numbers exactly, on a yeah. page. So don't like to see red right. there. So playing sports on a scholarship, getting an accounting degree, right? And so you found yourself at, at Pizza Hut? Is that where you yeah. ended up? Yeah. yeah. My first job out of college was at Pizza Hut corporate office here in Wichita. And it was a great place to, to go to work. We had a lot of fun working there. Yeah, back in the uh, heyday, Pepsi right? Fo- Pepsi yeah. Food Systems 
um, was the owner at that time. The Carneys had sold to them, and um, it was just a a great place to work and start my career. Um, worked in the real estate tax area, the restaurant accounting, did a lot of restaurant accounting for a while, and then the budgeting area before I chose to, to leave to stay home with my one-year-old at the time. And so was that was that kind of the, the genesis? Okay, you've, you had a, a kid, and we wanted to get you know, spend, obviously spend more time with the kid and he brought it back. And so how did that lead to profit builders? Yeah, I think, um, I really didn't have a plan when I left there. It was, um, I knew I didn't want to work 50, 60 hours a week right. and, and miss the, the family life that I right. um, got to enjoy growing up. My, my mom was home with us and, and that was great. Um, but I think it was more, I, I went to work at, um, a reseller of, of accounting software here in Wichita part-time and installed accounting systems for several businesses in the Wichita, Salina, Kansas City area and really enjoyed that that time I spent taking an existing system from um, what their current system was over to a new platform. That was in the early 90s and that's when the first accounting was really um, a module-based system, fully enclosed. So spent a little bit of time doing that and really thought about, hey, I can do this out of my home. and you have the best started. of both worlds, yeah, right? Got yeah, got started that way. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, the first we were founded, uh, or I, I started the business in 1994 and um, was about a half-million-dollar company when um, a former coworker of mine with at Pizza Hut came to me and said, hey, what do you think about adding restaurant accounting to your platform? At the time, I was spending a lot of time with residential builders in the construction industry and um, some components of that as well as just small to mid-sized businesses. And so we, we grabbed the restaurant franchise accounting and that was really um, kind of spurred forward the growth factor. And and I think the other thing is outsource accounting, you know, in the 90s was a total unknown. So, People um, were, you know, it's interesting because outsourcing has become so common. I mean, yeah. is, is, it, was, is it because we didn't have the technology or people just weren't comfortable with the idea of taking it out of the house? I think it's both. Um, when, when a firm moves or any kind of a company moves to the outsource model, they're doing it for two reasons. One, they don't want to keep purchasing the software and, mm, and learning over, the new right. software, whether it's accounting or payroll. Secondly, they get tired of the turnover. So especially in the small to mid-size businesses, there's only it's – it's a small accounting or a payroll department, sometimes as, as few as one or two people. Right. So they get tired of the turnover, the retraining, and they want to focus on operations. That's typically what the business owner – um, thrives at and is good at. So what we really do is take the model of what you would do normally in a business and move it to our location and use web-based technology to give them the picture they would have if they were, you know, right inside there. Right. So the partner we are is is really just that. It's it's not a outsource relationship. It's really a partnership. We become their accounting and their payroll department. So kind of a data entry all the way up to a CFO level gotcha. position. Well, that makes sense. So as you were in the early 90s and you were seeing this, you, did, did, it come a, did it kind of hit you as an aha moment? Like, wow, there, there's a niche market. There's a need for this. I mean, how did that? Um, I think 
we probably saw it more in the last uh, five to ten years. You know, we I moved the office out of my home in after the first 13 years. I mean, the, the beginning of it was, here's my first employee, put a computer in the toy room with the blue carpet and the kids. and <laughs> Right. Um, so it was, today it's more of um, um, giving them a more affordable option and a scalable option right. is how I would look at, you know, that's that's kind of the difference today is uh, we can usually save some dollars and help them on the turnover issues. And, and technology is just, it's really been our tool. Um, we're probably ahead of the curve when it comes to use of technology, especially with clients that are on the coasts and, and support um, them. Right. Well, let's go back to the mindset before I want to I want to dive a little bit more into the business side of, of profit builders, what makes it unique. But before I get there, I want to find out about your mindset as you were going through this, particularly from the leadership side. Um, how intentional was your well, first of all, what type of leader do you do you see yourself as? Um, I would say for me, it's I I understand the need for all levels, all people, you know, um, Everybody contributes. We have we have a um, extremely unified team. Um, I think maybe it's because I I played sports and I like the coaching aspect. Mm-hmm. And how many people leading. do you have? There's 34 of us. 34, right? So for us, it's it's not about what your title is or what you do. Um, it's more about how do you contribute and how can you grow. And that's probably what I enjoy the most is is growing the the brand new staff out of college that don't know a thing just like I was right. out of college mm-hmm. and and letting them find their niche and and since we have options of what they can do and what they can excel at they they kind of get to test the waters on several things mm-hmm. and then find something that they can become passionate about I love what you're saying there it's interesting though I I find um it seems like that's something that's just been inherent with you ever since the beginning. Maybe it's because of the sports background. Maybe it's because of the work ethic you saw growing up on the dairy farm, all of that combined. It is amazing to me, though. I, that it resonates with me deeply. It's amazing to me, though, how many people, particularly if it's a startup, uh, which is essentially what you were, and as you grow up and you go from one to two, eventually to 35 employees, um, there's this tendency not to let go. And what I just heard you say is like, yeah, we're all letting go. I'm trying to find their niche and this and that. And I find the exact opposite from startups and entrepreneurs where they have this kind of rough transition from, you know, I'm the entrepreneur. This is my baby doing all this. And eventually, if they're going to succeed, they got to learn how to become a leader. Mm-hmm. It seems like you've that was already ingrained in you. And what, what do you think when you hear me say that? I think the, the key is, for me, it's been... Uh, um, We've had staff that have been there a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're comfortable with them. So, right? um, and, you know, my oldest son is now part of the business. Mm-hmm. He's leads our IT and payroll side. So he, he kind of has taken that technology piece and really um, helped help make it as good as it could be. But for me, it's probably more of sometimes I just have to get out of the way. There's There's people there that do things better than I do. And you can't touch everything, you know. If you're really going to lead the organization, there's just a lot of, a lot of checks and balances you have to watch, and you can't be in the trenches, as well as that twenty thousand foot view and do either or. You know, you have to pick a pick a, a level, I guess, is what I would say. 
Amen. I mean, I love what you're saying. It's just amazing. It's, I'm always amazed when I find people successful businesses with large employees still struggle with that concept that you just articulated there, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a long, sometimes it's a painful process or painful journey to people to, for people to see, oh, yeah, I can't be everywhere all at yeah. once. And I think we focus, we try to focus on, you know, we're human beings. So we're going to make mistakes. Um, be honest about it. Own it figure out why it happened and focus on the 99 things that went right, not the one that didn't yeah. and learn from it. I, I, I just, I can't overemphasize how important and salient that point is. I mean, I wish people would grasp that, particularly in business. Um, and I guess it's probably, well, I know what drives people to be that controlling. It's fear, right? It's fear oh, of absolutely. failure, it's fear of making mistakes, of looking wrong, of losing face, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think probably your sports background, if I had to guess, you know what I mean? That's I think that's the benefit. Everybody who's played sports for the better part of their lives, it's not so much about winning. Yeah, you're competitive, and I can see that you're an intense individual, but you're very humble and teachable. you got a humble, teachable spirit combined with a level of intensity and competitiveness, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. the sweet spot. And I don't think if, if someone that doesn't – if you don't experience that in sports, if you got great coaches and great – you learn how to – fail. You learn how to lose gracefully. And I think it has, um, for me, teaching the young people or the new people in our organization, and sometimes it's teaching the business owners, helping educate them what you look at, what what counts, what matters, what doesn't. It's helped me in my business. So sometimes the best experiences or the best learning moments for us is what we see on the other side of what not to do. Right. And whether that's with an employee, with a staff member. I mean, there's always tough decisions as right. a leader. But I think if if you share that responsibility, I've got a great leadership team that they're they they have the freedom of speech. They can they can tell me when I'm wrong and they do, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> right. So Yeah, one of my favorite um, mentors and we even learned in flying, it's like and I say this even in my briefs, it's not your right to challenge me, it's your obligation. Absolutely. Right? Now, we do it with tact, right, and professionalism. Sure. But from flying a plane, it makes sense, right? It's like, right. you know, it's my skin in the game as well. I don't, I'm not going to let you crash in the mountain, you know, if I'm flying with you. And you could be a raving lunatic and yelling at me, but I'm not going to let you crash in the mountain. Right. Right. I'm going to challenge you. Right. And, and I, I love that. And I think, too, with... Because we're working with 150, 200 different businesses, we have a responsibility for them to be successful. So we may have 34 people, but if we're paying 20,000 people over the course of a year, you know, that's 20,000 people buying groceries. That's right. And, And so we really teach our team that how impactful and the relationship they develop with the clients is, is impressive. It's, it's, they become kind of their right arm and right hand and that keeps them very passionate and integrated in the business and and they see how they can be impactful quickly. Hey, we're about halfway through the conversation, but I wanted to take the time to talk about my good friends, the sponsor here of this special series at Equity Bank. Have you ever noticed that most business bankers seem to really understand just one thing? It's banking, right? And not a lot about business. It makes sense since most banks were built generations ago and now they're often run by caretakers, not business builders. Well, it's not the case here at Equity Bank. 
The bankers at Equity Bank didn't inherit a bank generations ago. They built one of their own. They know that building something takes expertise, vision, and hard work. And over the past decade, they've built one of the region's fastest-growing banks by working side-by-side with customers, with entrepreneurs, with leaders in communities all throughout Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. Recently, Equity Bank was listed on the NASDAQ exchange, which gives them even greater capabilities to take on those big deals that growing businesses need to keep on growing. So if you're tired of talking to bankers who've never really ran or owned or built a business, then I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised when you talk to my friends at Equity Bank. Thanks for listening to this show. Let's get back to the conversation, this unique and special series on leadership and entrepreneurship brought to you by my friends at Equity Bank. I love that analogy, or at least having that awareness that you're giving the, your team that no matter what the product is, and you're looking at numbers and accounting, you think, oh, that's not sexy. And you get some young college graduate, and they want to take on the world and make a name for themselves, this and that. And it doesn't matter what the product I learned that early on. It's a great mentor. It's like, it doesn't matter what the product is. Yeah. I, got, I got lives at stake here. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's their dream, too. That's I right. mean, that's what we look at is... Um, they're they're in the survival mode, and you know every business has dips and valleys, and mm-hmm. we see our clients go through that. And we're we, we um, that's that resonates with us. How can we help? How can we do a better job? And sometimes we have to adjust our fees just to support their their downturn. You know, when the construction downturn took place, how do do we keep our clients in business, or do we take as much for ourselves? And you know, that's an easy answer. One thing that impressed me about your also your, your business, your employees, and also your clients is that you've got, um, like you mentioned on your internal staff, people have been with you a long time, right? So yes. your turnover is low. But your client base, some have been with you since the very beginning, right? Yeah, Why absolutely. Is, what do you think the key to that is? I think the consistent product, they know um, we're very organized in terms of our processes. So um, they have to, to provide for us each week certain items, whether it's their payables, their information that's coming through their their transactional accounting. But for us, it's more of um, giving them the picture so that they can make the right decisions on their side of the fence. Um, because for us, it's more than just transactions. It's about giving them a clear, concise, accurate, and timely picture that allows them to make the decisions and watch for trends maybe prior to um, the, you know, the business soaring or failing. You know, there's there's a lot of work that you can do ahead of time before things tank or before things soar. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess I guess I would, and I, I, oh, if I was getting, I put myself as a business owner's shoes, and I was finding somebody to help me with the accounting outsourcing my accounting department, I guess my mind naively was just thinking about payroll and processing and legalese stuff, right, and taxes. But that's interesting that you're saying, yeah, I'm I'm here to help you paint that picture to give you a set of KPIs so you can make smart business decisions. Yep. I don't know why I didn't think about that out of the gate, right? And is is that normal? Like if a client's searching for what I just said and, oh, after I get to know you, it's so much more than that. Yeah, because I think what helps us is because we're dealing with, let's take the restaurant industry, 
We're dealing with restaurants that are on the East Coast, the West Coast, so we have a, a wide visibility of how the food costs should be, what the prime labor costs should be. And I think for us, um, having a wide visibility and a vision allows us to help the individual that is just struggling maybe in their in their practice. You know, what what should the costs, how should those land? And, you know, again, technology has been um, the driving force behind how we can do that. But if if our job is to keep them in business, and that's at the end of the day, that's our sole job. We used to have a tagline that was our top priority is your bottom line. And we felt like if, if we keep their bottom line in check, um, that allows us to, um, you know, keep a client. So long-term clients have been uh, a, really, I think, a winning formula between long-term clients, long-time employees. We really get the consistent product delivery. Yeah, it's almost like you're a, 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 you're giving them CFO type service. Sure, right? sure, correct. I don't know why that you know that just hit me now, but I, you know I think of like a paychecks or something. You know all your competitors yeah. and oh, it's just I need someone to take this kind of burden of payroll and processing off my plate so I can do the business. But you're saying, yeah, I'll do that, but let me be an arrow in your quiver. Yep. To help you run the business, exactly. right? Yep. Yeah. And I think, too, they don't have a – it's not 1-800, who am I going to get today? They Yeah, they got that relationship with Donna. you. Donna, they're going to call exactly. Michelle. They're going to call. They have a one-to-one relationship with their staff. So – Well, that's – that's. I can imagine even, too, with your employees. I mean, this kind of the education that they're getting. They're getting like a, a master's degree in business just by developing relationships with these people. I can imagine. Yeah, they do. They learn to they're, – they're kind of uh, – really, it's the controller that these businesses yeah. wouldn't be able to afford or have, you know, regardless of size. Exciting. Well, how do you deal – you know, I'm looking at you. I see your presence, and I said I can sense this competitive – in you, but this humble, teachable spirit. But you seem like someone who's very intentional about staying calm under intense situations. Is that something that you got to, you work at, you're natural at? What is it? I, I think I've gotten better at it with age. Let's just say that, yeah. you know, um, uh, you got, it's kind of like a parent. You got to pick your battles with your kids. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what mountain am I going to yeah. die on today? Right? So, but I think um, um, I'm confident in our in our model, and I'm confident in our clients. I'm confident in um, the software we use and the people that are using mm-hmm. it. So with that, again, I, I focus on what we do well, not where, when we stumble, because we learned so much from those opportunities. That's a great point. I mean, I look back some of my leadership failures, and it was when I was focusing, I was spending 80% of my energy on that weakness, either in myself or even that employee. Yeah, Taking that C employee, trying to get him to an A, meanwhile, ignoring my Bs and As, right? Correct. And when I flipped it and I focused on the, the As or even internally with myself, hey, play in my lane, play where I'm strong, then my weaknesses became less of a factor. Same thing externally with my see employees they either rose themselves you know they saw what i what i was giving my love to yes. right and they either rose yes. to the top or they got out right what do you think about that yeah i I've, I've always been a it used to really bother me at first when somebody wanted to leave you know yeah. one of my employees wanted to leave or one of my clients wanted to leave but sometimes turnover is a good thing mm-hmm. 
um, because I've I've really got to the you either want to be on the bus or you don't want to be on the bus. Mm-hmm. Not not to be mean about it, but when you're when you're in there and you want to be there, you perform much better. Absolutely, all of us do. So um, that's that's really what I focus on, probably more than who's leaving is who's staying. Right. It's almost like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's like we spend all this energy trying to like, oh, if you could just see it our way, you know, and we feel as leaders, it's our job to motivate or bring everybody up. And it really isn't our job to motivate. I can't motivate you. No. You have to choose yeah. to it. And it's like you said, I like what you just said. It's like you either got to, look, you either want to be on the bus or you're not. And if you're not, right. it's okay. Right. I mean, my job is, as my job with my leadership team is really finding individuals that are going to flourish and do the best they can do in certain positions. And if we get that right, usually the model works it, very well. It takes well. care of itself. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's even putting the correct clients with the correct personalities of the employees because that, that matters too. So at the end of the day, I'll never forsake one of my staff to keep a client. They know that. They know I've got their back um, regardless. And you know, the clients won't ever have an opportunity to mistreat a staff member. Um, so that's, I think they they have that knowledge and that comfort, and um, it, it just works. We've been very blessed. Yeah, I love that idea. I love that way to look at it. I think it's the right way to look at it. Given that, what do you look for? You know, it looks like you sounds like you take a long time before you bring somebody on board. I mean, what do you look for in somebody to bring on your team? I think those that are honest about, um, A, their mistakes they've made Mm -hmm. and um, maybe more of do they fit into the values that that we have. I mean, we have a responsibility. We're dealing with somebody's money, and it's not ours. We're dealing with somebody's employees, and they're not ours. So we really have to treat those like like they are ours. And um, the... The grooming of young people has probably been our best success is take the ones that don't know anything. We don't have to reprogram them because I think anybody that's had a job that's been less than fun probably got trained a little inaccurately or, you know, (laughs) not correctly. So it's easier to train from no knowledge than to uh, deprogram and let's Mm -hmm. say let's start over. Yeah. What, what you look like somebody that leads, you know, you're intentional about how you come across and leading by example. What do you want to make sure that I'm a young new employee? What do I want to glean off of you? You know, what what do you want to make sure that it comes across from you? I think for for me, it's teaching them how impactful they can be, regardless of the position yeah. they're in, and when you can make a difference in the business owner or the clients or each other. I mean, the the camaraderie the team has in, um, in fact, we had a, a gal that lost her mom New Year's Day, you know, a couple of days ago. And, you know, they just come in and Pulled say, together. no problem. We've got your desk. Take as much time as you need. And mm-hmm. I think that culture is is everywhere as you walk around our building. And, and that's something very special and probably the most um, special thing I'd like to keep as we continue to go through the years. Yeah, that intentionality behind the culture, I can see that, that you're doing it. I mean, I think as as you, we get more seasoned, we understand the importance of that culture. I think when we're in our 20s and 30s, we're just trying to make a name for ourselves. But 
yeah, I hear what you're saying is like the importance of culture and the intentionality behind it, right? Right. Yeah, I think we probably used to worry about things, the future more than I do today. We kind of just take a day at a time and some things are out of our control. But um, at the end of the day, um, when the employees are happy, they, they know they've done a good job that day. They seem to be pretty happy walking in the next morning. Yeah. And I think that's that's really important to us as as a leadership team. So what's next for Profit Builders as, as you're going forward now? I mean, you're going in your 25th, this is the 25th year, right? Yep. Just 25 years will be uh, next month. So we'll complete our Amazing. 25th year. And I think um, grooming the next generation of who's going to lead, who's going to mm-hmm. Take the reins will be, you know, something I'm intentional intentional about in the next five years. You see yourself pulling yourself back a little bit, or what do you what do you see yourself doing? I think so. I think I'm ready to uh, to step back and maybe let someone else lead. Yeah. Um, not because I don't. I I love the people, but when you work somewhere 25 years, you're you're kind of thinking, what else can I do with my time? So right. whether that's volunteering or um, I might sit on sit on a mower with my younger son's company and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> kind of do some non-thinking yeah. work. But at, at the end of the day, I think I think we've got a great niche, and we'll continue to grow that niche. Yeah, across the country. You hope you hope it's here another twenty-five years. Absolutely. I yeah, do. that's I do. exciting. Yeah. Well, I I think combination that Venn diagram of that humble, teachable spirit with this intensity of will and that sweet spot in the middle where they intersect, I think that's the sweet spot that leaders, we should strive for, right? Yes. And it seems like, I mean, when I look at you and I, and I see the presence and I see and the ideas you're talking about, you seem like that type of leader to me. And I think it would be fascinating to work with you at your, your organization. So people should be feel blessed it's small as it is to be working for a leader like you, I think. That's my personal well, thank opinion. Thank you. That's that's a nice compliment. Um, I think for me it's it's a daily mm-hmm. challenge. Um, it, it, we all learn from the top, and sometimes it's lonely at the top. Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, I'm responsible mm-hmm. for um, the good, the bad, the ugly, and you're going to have all of it in yeah. business. But it's it's a lot of fun, too. It's yeah. been It's been a fantastic journey that I would have never expected, but it's been yeah. a lot of fun to have. Well, I can imagine. personal. Let me think about the personal habits as we're wrapping up here. What what do you do to sustain that, to sustain that positivity, that sustain that kind of um, calm outlook, this positive calm outlook that you have? What do you do personally to sustain it? Oh, I think, you know, faith. Faith is a mm-hmm. big player in that. Um, having the quiet time to... Uh, to shut phones, computers, and everything yeah. off is is very important to me. The the older I get, um, it's fun to have. I have two adult sons that um, are very interactive with me. One in the business, and one comes in every day, knows all the staff. So that's that's fun to have them around. But it's also fun to separate our family time from the business time, and we try to do that well. Well, I love it. I, I love your leadership style. I love who you are as a person. And, and like I said, they, they should be blessed to have you as a CEO. Um, and I thank you for coming on the show. How can people find more about Profit Builders and, and connect with you? Uh, go to our website at yourprofitbuilders.com. And all the information's there, the content, contact information, and the team that supports our, our company is there as well. Thanks for coming on the show, Michelle. appreciate it. Thank you. 
Hey, thanks for listening to this special entrepreneurial and leadership series, The Dose of Leadership, brought to you by my friends at Equity Bank. Make sure to subscribe to Dose of Leadership where you can hear more great stories in this unique and special series. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take a listen to all of my Dose of Leadership podcasts, all of my episodes, and see why Fortune, Entrepreneur, and Inc. Magazine all recommend this as a must-listen. Dose of Leadership features candid conversations with amazing guests, leading high-performing experts and organizations, large and small, all over the world. Find Dose of Leadership on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and go ahead and visit doseofleadership.com where you can find out more information about the show, myself, my speaking engagements, my keynotes, live seminars, and my mastermind events. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great day.